This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Princess Di. Paula Abdul. Meaning we never agree. We always agree on, well, most of the time. Welcome, Princess Diana. How are you this morning? to hear your voice, James. I am traveling my kingdom in my royal coach with my surly bodyguard, and I am just, you know, soaking up the enjoyment here. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yes, out to see the provinces and the hamlets and all that you survey, all that you, you are, you are the proud owner of all that you survey across America as you got on these excursions. So Yes, it is so exciting. But if you hear traffic noise, that's what it is. Okay, I have to, you know, if people missed you yesterday, Diana, this thing was classic. We have to do a quick reprise because no one knew. I didn't know until yesterday when you pointed it out to us that our first lady, Dr. Jill Biden, has demanded, demanded her own fanfare, just like we play hail to the states for and hail to the chief rather, for the President of the United States. Now, First Lady Jill Biden has demanded, and this is not a joke, it is not satire, she has demanded her own music when she is introduced into the public. And thank you for bringing that story to our attention. And we have the music. And so for those of you that did not hear it yesterday, we'd like you to hear... Thanks. Diana brought this to our attention. Princess Di, the fanfare for the first lady of our country, Dr. Jill Biden. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the first lady of the United States, Jill Biden. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the first lady of the United States, Jill Biden, accompanied by the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, and the 2020 and 2021 National Teachers of the Year, Tabitha Rosproy and Juliana Ertube. I still can't believe that somebody actually thinks that this is a great idea. I think your caller 
yesterday was right. It does sound like the F troop being <laughs> 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 really appropriate. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we we're, we're going to we're gonna bring out some F troop music next week and we are gonna isolate that. Um Well you should call it F J B, you know. <laughs> F J B. Yes, F Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, it's just so entertaining. I love it. Yes. Well, Diana, there's a a, a a story in today's New York Times. Oh, poor old Carl Bernstein has given a eulogy for the newspaper business, apparently. <laughs> the business he helped yes. kill. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I think that's, that's a fair point. This is a book review by Jill Abramson, who used to be a bigwig at the New York Times. And Carl Bernstein's book is called Chasing History, A Kid in the Newsroom. And it is basically an autobiography of his early days. And Jill Abramson, you know, not so nicely calls it a really boring read. She says, get me rewrite. You know, he just follow. He has so many names and places, and you know, old school. It's like a, he's seventy-seven years old, and he's reminiscing, and he just, you know, let the memories fly. But there are a few interesting things about his early days, and as Jill Abramson said, that was during the golden age of newspapers. Twenty-five percent of the nine thousand newspapers fifteen years ago are gone. And she says now we have a news desert and a weakened democracy because of the lack of newspapers. And so anyway, she basically makes this comment, which I think is really interesting. Bernstein's early career coincided with journalism's transition away from a trade for poker playing working class tough guys to a more genteel profession recruiting from the Ivy League. She's pointing out that basically they changed from being a tough crew who knew their business and knew their field to a bunch of Ivy Leaguers. And you know what it reminded me of? What's that? It reminded me of something that Ben Rhodes said. Uh, He was Obama's deputy national security advisor for communication. And he pointed out, bragging, he said the average reporter we talk to is 27 years old, and their only reporting experience consists of being around political campaigns. They literally know nothing. And he went on to brag how that made it so easy to spin them because they were just taking dictation from the Obama administration. So I think that what, you know, what uh, Jill Abramson said about the transition from basically old school journalists, reporters, writers who knew their trade, who knew their beat, who knew their business to this effete leftist political uh, activist crowd has been the cause of the death of newspapers. As you pointed out, he was part of this. He's part of the reason why. Yes, they became all in to get rid of presidents after Woodward and Bernstein were able to That was Woodward and Bernstein and the Washington Post job. Their job wasn't to report on Nixon. Their job was to get rid of Nixon, period. And they and, so and they're proud of it. Generation went into the business. 
that is entirely their they loved it they loved the movie and they are just you know itching to that's why they their purpose in life is to get rid of republican leaders and so that's why you see what you see today and they're very bad at their jobs so they've lost audience and basically they're being all sentimental about it but they're the ones who did it now there's also a story over there talking about abc news abcnews.gov Students demand action after Penn professors' racist comments about Asians. Like, wow, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah, what's that story about? Well, this is a tenured law professor at uh, UPenn, the University of Pennsylvania. Her name is Amy Wax. And she was being interviewed by Glenn Laurie, who is a very interesting guy and who is also a professor at Brown University at the Glenn show. So you had a couple of professors sitting around talking and the uh, left has pounced on a quote within it, which I agree sounds horrible. But, however, it does not give the context. And she, I can read the whole quote. Go ahead, please. Okay. She says, maybe it's just that Democrats love open borders and Asians want more Asians here. Perhaps they are just mesmerized by the feel-good cult of diversity. I don't know the answer, but as long as most Asians support Democrats and help advance their positions, I think the United States is better off with fewer Asians and less Asian immigration, which is in my opinion, a horrible thing to say. However, <laughs> when she says, I don't know the answer, it sounds to me like Glenn Lowry asked her the question, why do newly arrived Asians vote Democrat? And she is answering that question. And then she, I think, makes a joke, basically, if they're going to support Democrats and we don't want them, which is an awful thing to say, to generalize like that. However, James, Think about the flip side of that. This is the Democrats' unstated racist policy when it comes to Hispanics. Let me read that quote, putting those words in. As long as most Hispanics support Democrats and help advance their positions, I think the United States is better off with more Hispanics and more Hispanic immigration. I think that is the unstated racist position of the entire left. And so to me, if you're going to react to her quote, which I think is wise to react to her quote, you also have to look at the flip side and, you know, making comments on voting on a group as a reason to have them in the United States. It should be beyond the pale for both sides. Quite interesting, which is why I asked you to comment on it, by the way. And so one other thing, I, I hate to spring this one on you. That guy over there in France, Macron, Macron, the French president Emmanuel Macron, he's being very rude to his own people. He's like calling his people names because they won't get vaccinated. What's up with these? Why are these? Why is it just? Does do they not worry about re-election over there? Well, it's the same attitude that Biden had. When he said his patience was wearing thin, you know, it's like uh, Macron said a very similar thing. He said that the French policy of the official policy of the government is deliberately to this is his quote. I don't want to use bad language, but he said he wanted to piss off 
unvaccinated. And so he's going to just turn the screw to the bitter end. And so the reaction among his people were to stop all debate because this was seen as a completely, I mean, it was non-helpful to the side of the people who want everyone to be vaccinated. Because when you say, I'm deliberately trying to anger people who are uh, in opposition to my policies, then you're basically a dictatorship. So it's, you know, hearkening back to Louis XIV. You know? <laughs> like, I am the state, you know, I'm trying to make you angry. So yes. it's the same attitude that Biden has about how he's lost patience with the unvaccinated. It's attitude. Well, these liberals are the same no matter where you go. I'm just yep, just amazing. I, you know, I watched Sidney Poitier last night. I watched that movie, Lily of the uh, whatever it is. Lily Field? of the uh, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised, Diana. I mean, it was wholesome. Yeah. It was that really wholesome. The impression you get when you watch old movies, you see the, the B-roll, as it were, just the street scenes and the, you know, showing of society in the background, the things that were assumed. It was a completely different feel, you know, way more well-behaved in general. And Well, here you, know. you have this black Baptist guy teaching a bunch of German nuns how to sing amen in sort of a semi-gospel thing, and then he's building them a chapel, and the whole thing has all these religious overtones, and it's good, and people doing good things, and it shows the power of belief and prayer, and and that and that things are like, wait a minute, when did Hollywood did Hollywood make movies like this? Yes, consistently. And they wonder why their audience is dwindling. Same with the newspapers. It's like when you insult the values of your audience, no matter what product you're trying to produce, you're going to lose customers. And it doesn't matter when it comes to journalism and and entertainment. They do not care that the American public is turning away from them. In fact, they're proud of it consistently but it is helpful to to watch those old movies because you're reminded of a better time and it was even in the i mean you know you think about 1964 and all the problems that we were experiencing as a country in when that movie this is a year after kennedy was assassinated for goodness sakes right and so you you already had the country gone through this turmoil and this is the movie that wins the Oscar, and that it's about God. It's about, you know, coming together of different faiths, people from different faiths and different crosswalks of life. You had a huge role of the, the Hispanic population in Arizona, this lone black guy hanging out with a bunch of German nuns and da-da-da. It was just, it was just like, wow, what happened? This it was, was a shared value system yeah. among all groups in America. And you remember Dr. Martin Luther King was a preacher, and he called the country using Scripture, and it resonated. So that was a shared language that is being lost, unfortunately, although it still exists in the heartland. Mm, amazing. Well, Diana, thank you so much, Princess Di. And hello to uh, your surly body bodyguard, uh, Surly Mike, and you keep her safe, Surly Mike. And um, as as yes, as you 
as the princess surveys the country. And we will speak with you next week or during the coming week, Diana. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you, James.